This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I'm Chanae Ogumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. Thank you for everyone that has tuned into 52 Weeks of Hustle so far. I've had a lot of fun sitting down with industry leaders. In addition, I've written a book, Hustle Your Way to Success in Sports Sales. It's a playbook to being elite in the sports business industry. Whether you're looking to get in this business or you already are and you're looking to continue to grow your career, I believe this book can be beneficial for you. The paperback and ebook versions are now available. Check out 52weeksofhustle.com. Thank you in advance and enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hustle presented by Event Dynamic. Event Dynamic specializes in maximizing revenue and increasing attendance. I'm Travis Apple and I'll be your host of this podcast. I've been fortunate to spend my entire career in the sports sales industry and I wanted the opportunity to give back. To give back to not only those individuals that want to get in this business, but for those individuals that are in this business that want to continue to excel at an elite level. For those of you who know me, hustle has always been important, hence the name, each week. I'm going to have the opportunity to sit down with industry professionals to talk about their career path, what it takes to be successful, and ultimately a few key takeaways for you to apply to your everyday. Without further ado, our guest this week. This next individual went on a bit of a different career path. He started in marketing and promotions and then took a flyer on sales, found success, and is now the executive director of the Players Tournament in the SVP of Tournament Revenue for Championship Management with the PGA Tour. Our next guest is Jared Rice. Jared, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to uh, this discussion. Certainly looking forward to it as well. And, and Jared, you, you've certainly had a fun journey, a really cool story that I'm looking forward to the listeners to hear about. And I think the best place to start is let's start at the beginning. You grew up in Portmouth, New Hampshire, ended up going to South Carolina, University of South Carolina, received your degree in sports marketing and business administration. And I'm sure that move probably was a bit of a culture shock coming out of New Hampshire. And so how'd you end up going to South Carolina? Yeah, just hearing you say it is like, wow. Um, yeah, who, who do you know from New Hampshire? Um, <laughs> no, it's... Uh, other than Seth Myers, no, it was a um, you know uh, early on in my career knew that sports is um, you know really something that I was a passionate about and loved the product because um, you know it was something that uh, people were so passionate about and so the idea of being able to be you know to, to be involved and work in a, in a business um, with that amount of emotion was was pretty cool 
And, um, you know, the South Carolina opportunity was really, um, like many things in life, right, by, by, almost by chance and had gone to, you know, looked at UMass and uh, Dr. Lewis at the time had, had uh, developed that program. Ohio U was, was doing very well. And, again, remember, for most of your listeners, this is, you know, the Internet was, you know, just, just, just coming online at this point. So I'll update myself. We still had big, thick books we had to flip through to figure <laughs> out where we want to go to college. Thick call, yeah. <laughs> and so U.S. News and World Report was very, very valuable. Um, and so we were on vacation in Florida and, and really at my parents urging said, Hey, let's go, let's go check out South Carolina drove. Uh, I was, I was so against it cause I wanted to you know play golf, relax, have fun with friends, go to the beach, that kind of thing. Last thing I want to do is get a car for nine hours. And it was outstanding. I think, you know, it was, I think it was one of those things in, in, you know, looking at schools and, um, I will, I will take this with me with, with my children is that you absolutely feel when you're, when you're there, like it, it's that click. It's like, yep. okay, this is, this is it. Columbia was a great, um, you know, small city, and the key was that their sports administration and management program was based in um, in their school of business. And at the time, you know, again, it was still an emerging uh, emerging career and and, and um, major, if you will, in, in in college. So having it be involved in the business school was what put it over the edge. No, absolutely. It sounds like you you had it in mind when you were looking at other schools that you wanted to go down that sports program that sports business so was there an early job you had that kind of led you down that sports path um it was an internship uh my first internship was with wmur channel nine in manchester coming live from manchester new hampshire um and i honestly like like most things again i think we'll touch on this a few times i learned that um i didn't want to do that (laughs) and um you know it there was certainly commitment and, um, you know, the, the need of, uh, you know, balancing, you know, a, a summer job as well as a commitment to um, work at the sports station and editing and those types of things. But I learned like sports reporting and sports casting wasn't a part of the business that I wanted to be in. But look at you now, you're on the podcast. So you're, it's all, it all comes full circle. The irony, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so Jared, you graduate and then, you, you know, you're on the move again. Uh, this time to the West Coast is you take a job with the Walt Disney Company as they own both the Anaheim Angels and the Anaheim Ducks, and you were the marketing manager. So what made you make that move, go across country, and, and ultimately how did that role come about? Well, I think there's two things. One, at the University of South Carolina as part of their program, um, this, this was something that was unique to the program um, at the time versus others was there was an expectation to, have a, um, to complete a practicum and an internship. So you had two real – you know, I'm do, using air quotes, real world experience. Um, and again, just remember the time was a little, <laughs> was a little while ago, but um, the power of networking was so critical. And so um, Dr. Reagan at the time um, really wanted to make sure that we were building our networks. And so um, interned for the Boston Celtics in media relations. So got out of sports casting, went into media relations, learned like, okay, that's, you know, it's more PR and, 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 um, and, and the like, but the opportunity to, to uh, work with two sports teams, Walt Disney Company, um, and in a marketing capacity was just was just too good to, to pass up. And it really, again, that aha moment with um, similar to going to South Carolina was um, you know, working for, for uh, uh, Anaheim Sports at the time and, and realizing how much fun marketing and, again, you know, getting people excited about coming to uh, sports experiences was, was where I wanted to be. Was that just a job that you randomly found online and, and researched it and then, you know, beat out the competition or, or how did it come about? Oh, wow. It's, um, I still remember it. Um, 
So Anaheim Sports had set up an a interview pro, a recruitment process with Ohio University, University of South Carolina, and one and Oregon. And so a recruiter from Walt Disney Company came and interviewed a bunch of people. And this is probably not. I mean, I was I was aware of it. Um, I had you know I, through my uh, counselor and and um, you know and heard about. It. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like this is this is neat. And um, you know, just got really comfortable with the recruiter. Had a great interview. And all of a sudden, I was looking at an opportunity to to move across country, and um, you know that in and of itself was a bit of a reality check and somewhat unexpected. As I figured out, you know, with an opportunity like this, I'll, you know, maybe it's a, a bit of a long shot that I'd get it, but um, it was, you know, again a turning point in my career. No, absolutely. So you're at the Walt Disney Company. You're organizing bobbleheads, helping kids run the bases, delivering prizes to people in seats. And you, know, after five years, you've now worked your way up in the company. And and next, you know, some people don't realize as, as much as your girlfriend at the time, now your wife, receives a job offer in Detroit, Detroit, Michigan, and it's time for you to follow her. So I guess a little bit of advice for the listeners is they've probably come about that or they're going to come about that in their life. How did those conversations go? And then ultimately – what made you say, you know what, I'm going to make this move and figure it out? Well, that's um, definitely taking a different turn on the podcast as we're talking about the, how those conversations went. And, oh, by the way, she uh, to hear a girlfriend uh, after, you know, we have a 13-year-old, so it's been a little while since <laughs> she was my girlfriend. But, uh, you know, Sheila was, had an amazing opportunity to become the account supervisor for uh, Lincoln Brand in uh, working for Young and Rubicam in Detroit. And it was a bit of a no-brainer. She she really had to, t- I mean, she I told her, I mean, you have to take this. And uh, so there was a obviously a, a time in our relationship where, you know, she went to Michigan and I was committed to finding a role there. And again, you know, just kind of think about these moments in, in time, right? And how um, they really do uh, kind of look, again, looking back, add up to, you know, again, figure out kind of where you are and why any one of us is in the seat that they're in. And I had known as I was thinking about my career in Anaheim, okay, so I've you know, I've, I've been in marketing and promotions, advertising, um, how do we, again, sell, support ticket sales and the guest experience. And as I thought about my career track, um, it was made clear to me that um, you're going to, ha- I mean, learn how to sell. Um, raising, you know, raising revenue um, in the commercial side of the business is, um, you know, really the way to round out your career and something that's going to be needed if you have aspirations to run a team or really, you know, run a sports business. So I knew I had to get into, get into sales and, and, and figure it out. And so I, I shifted gears and really focused on sales opportunities in Michigan. And it was, um, uh, you know, by, by a little bit by luck and by chance and the Illich family hired me, um, to, to be a sales manager for the Detroit Red Wings with um, zero sales experience at the time. So I'll be forever indebted to Rob Carr and um, the Illich family for, for doing that. Um, but um, I guess I must have sold them something decent yeah, during the yeah. interview. <laughs> so, so you mentioned, you know, back in the, the Walt Disney, they'd come on campus. Now this time's a little bit different. You know you're moving to Detroit. How did that job come about, you know, the sales manager with the Red Wings? Was that just a, a cold call? You're reaching out on, with your resume? <laughs> Yeah, it was networking, um, and that's again any advice to any listeners is that it seems like this is a throwaway line or some catchphrase. It's like network, network. It, it is really, um, you know, the time to you know, build your personal networks. Um, you know, take extra time um, if there's you know opportunity to you know, meet people within the industry that 
um, you know, are, are great to be around and can help you understand where you may want to go as a career is, is, a, is, a, is a smart thing to do. I mean, it's, it's, it's um, you know, it's critical. And so, you know, I was in a position where there were some people there I was, I was calling for help and, and trying to get some guidance from. And, um, you know, it was, you know, again, just kind of fortuitous timing that I was able to, um, you know, work, uh, work with my network to, um, you know, affect that kind of uh, uh, interview. Yeah. And so you mentioned, you know, as you're going into that, you knew you wanted to get sales and, you know, sales, as, as all of our listeners know, it's not easy. And you certainly, you know, in our conversations in the past, you had some struggles early on. So for our listeners out there, what is some of the best advice you received during that time, your, your initial part of the struggles? And, you know, ultimately then how did you break out of that slump and really embark on this fun, you know, sales career journey for yourself? Yeah, and I think some of the things that we do here at the PGA Tour with our tournament revenue area uh, kind of speak to this question. We have an inside sales group that uh, we've built here for championship management, and championship management is the division of the PGA Tour that owns and operates tournaments. So some of your listeners may not know that. So six of our events, of which the players is the flagship, they're really owned and operated by the league or the tour. And so we have is we have a, an inside sales group that um, really learns how to sell, learns our business, learns the principles of sales, and ultimately, you know, hopefully become sellers either within our portfolio or um, outside of our portfolio. And um, I was really supportive of that, you know, largely because of your question is that, um, you know, working for the, the Red Wings, um, you know, there was, you know, the team was incredibly talented. There was legacy. And um, I had never really done it before. So, you know, I was trying to find the right value proposition. You know, what are we really talking about here when we were call when I was calling some of my existing clients and, and even prospects? Didn't have a problem necessarily calling people cold and, and um, you know, stumbling my way through in some instances right, right. to see if there's an opportunity. But the biggest holdup was, I'll never forget this, is really moving the sale forward. I felt like I really connected with people, um, understood their needs and wants, kind of a, a good understanding of our inventory and knew all that from my background and just kind of worked hard on understanding all that. But I got stuck on the, okay, now, now, now what do we do? Okay, I've got something they're interested in. They're interested in what I have. Now what? What's and next? So, yep. What's next? So that that awkward pause was you know, was was real for me in a few instances. So, you know, learning how to move the sale forward, I think, was um, really the, the 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 key learning and the aha moment for me in Detroit. Nice. And so, as you continue to embark on this fun, you know, career journey, what are some of the key characteristics you applied to your day? You know, now that you're in sales, that were very similar to what you were already doing in the marketing role back at Walt Disney. Um, good, good question. I think, again, I was, um, the, working with a Disney company, I realized, you know, customer service is just endemic to who they are. So really understanding, um, great ways to communicate with, with customers. That was very important. And I think, um, you know, very helpful to me to understand the customer is always right. And again, that sounds like a throw, throwaway line, but, um, to really come at it looking through the eyes of the prospect or the customer or the fan in this instance was was very helpful to me and very much what we do here at the Players Championship now and, um, you know, something that's that's been a part of this tournament for, for a very long time. Um, you know, I, I think the, you know, th through all of that, um, the, the one takeaway I would have is um, really asking a lot of questions to understand who your customer is. Um, know those questions to ask. 
and then most importantly is is listening. And, uh, you know, it's not in a disingenuous way. It's asking, again, we all know why we're in front of each other, right. asking the right questions to understand what they need and how um, our product or experiences can be helpful to their business and listen to the answers. And when you have that, you are, again, in a position to best position your business and help your help your client. And, and so on the flip side, what were some of the, the new characteristics or some of the different ones? You've already talked about like breaking out of a sales slump, but you know, that was maybe something, a new learning experience, even as you go back to your Detroit days. Hey, I didn't really need to do this in marketing, but in sales, I absolutely need to do this. Were there any characteristics that stand out on that end? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. Um, you know, in, in marketing, I think the different, you know, one of the things with marketing was it was very, um, you know, it was very creative. It was promotions. It was, you know, kind of the, um, you know, the John Spolstra, like, how are we going to get people, you know, what are we going to do to get people here kind of thing? A little different in, in, in Detroit as it was in Anaheim, um, as we had to get very creative with, at the time, candidly, two underperforming teams in a very uh, difficult marketplace. Uh, lots to do in Southern California, yep. uh, as opposed to watching underperforming professional sports teams. So I think the, um, you know, I guess if this is answering your question, it, in, in moving to a sales cycle, one, um, you know, a lot more autonomous. You're, you know, there's inventory, there's a number, and you're expected to, to go get it. And sure, there are structures that are put in pay, place by any sales manager, and those are going to vary by personality type and vary by organizational type. Um, but you're really, it's a high degree of independence and this trust and this maturity that, your boss is not going to sit next to you and look at you and say, okay, have you made 10 phone calls this week? Have you made 10 appointments this week? So, um, you know, kind of figuring out as a salesperson that, that goal setting and, you know, um, holding yourself to certain standards is, again, not just something that you read, but you have to apply it. I don't know if that answers yeah. the – Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, to your point, self-motivation and self-accountability are so big in everything you do. Yeah. I mean, I could tell, yeah, I mean, I could tell people that, listen, you got to make 10 appointments. You got to make 10 appointments. You got to make 10 appointments. If you, if you love selling, you love the, what you represent, you know, that is just, you know, 10 appointments a week. Um, you know, is it new business? Is it renewal? I, I don't, you, you tell me, right. I, I just want you to talk to 10 people, at least 10 people a week. And, and by the way, we're not even going to keep talking about that as a standard. That's just part of the expectation. Cause then we get into the fun stuff and managing through, okay, yeah. we can do this. We can't do that. This is some of the pushback. Um, so it's less about a specific standard as it is to being able to manage those unique scenarios. In the case of standards, like you said, it's really we, – we can give you some of the, the principles, but it's it's up to the individual to embrace them and, and self-police if that's even the, the right term. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. Again, we're here on 52 Weeks of Hustle. The guest today, Jared Rice, Executive Director of the Players Tournament and SVP of Tournament Revenue for Championship Management with the PGA Tour. And so, Jared, after three successful years in Detroit, 
In 2006, you end up making the move to Ponte Vedra Beach, Florida, working with the PGA Tour. Why was that the right time for that move? You nailed it with um, Detroit to Ponte Vedra Beach, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Mike dropped at that point. Exactly. And you know, and and um, you know, for anybody that's listening, again, and and the our time in in Michigan was was great. I the you know really enjoyed working at at Joe Lewis Arena, and the Illich family was absolutely tremendous. Working in auto, my wife is working in automotive, and and the community is really great. It's, I think it's one of those areas that gets a little bit of a of a bad rap. But yep. um, you know, the opportunity to go and work for a league was my next step. So. Um, loved the team side of the business, had, had uh, kind of figured a few things out on, from a sales perspective and then said, all right, well, want to continue doing um, you know, business development and work on the commercial side, but got a lot of exposure to the league and how the NHL sold and marketed their business on a league-wide basis because of how much Detroit was either on um, NBC telecasts or, you know, part of league packages. So I got a lot of exposure to, um, you know, NHL business that, um, you know, put me on the, you know, was it was attractive to me. Yep. So yep. knew I wanted to work at a league, um, although not exclusively. And, um, you know, had uh, talked to some some uh, leagues based in New York, um, probably guess which three of those were. Um, and then, uh had an opportunity to have a discussion with the PGA tour and, and couldn't find Ponte Vedra on a map, let alone uh, spell it. <laughs> yeah. Arrived at this beautiful place. And, and just in, in you know, contrast to uh, Detroit or, or New York um, and similar to some of my previous points, you got off the plane and it was like, wow, this is a, uh, this is a special place. This is yeah. a really, really cool area. Didn't hurt that I was there in April either, or here in April, so worked out pretty well. Yeah, you're leaving some cold weather and go back to, to Florida. So in, in your 14-plus years, you've held six roles. You've worked your way up the corporate ladder pretty quickly. And, you know, your first boss at the PGA Tour is still your current boss. So so what do you think you've done to help yourself move up within the PGA Tour You know, on a pretty quick basis? I think um, – and it's never, you know, I think that first of all, the organization is, I, I love working for the PGA Tour, what it represents, its commitment to charity and communities is absolutely incredible. Um, again, had, had I known what I know now, what I knew when I was, uh, you know, interviewing, and again, the, the cliche goes, I mean, I would have paid to come here. Um, okay. It is a fantastic community of people um, uh, led by our commissioner, Jay Monahan, and um, our entire staff here is just um, incredibly commit, committed to the community, so it's a it's a fabulous uh, place to to live, work, and play. And I think from a uh, just from a career perspective, um, I had a and still do to this day have a great relationship with my with my boss, and um, you know, gave me some great advice on on the first few days. And then combined with just kind of how I, you know, I, I I love doing what I'm doing. I love I love sports. I love the opportunity to come and again work for a league, and I was committed to. I knew that first job was not going to be my last job of the tour. And it was, you know, committing to you know, get to know everybody at the tour, get to know as many people as I could at the tour, I should say, get to understand how the business works and, you know, find yourselves in situations where, um, hey, no one else is around. Uh, hey, Jared, can you help me out with Absolutely. And just being around um, and perpetually curious is just my style. And um, that really, I think, helped put me in positions to learn more about the business, um, be accountable, and be able to deliver for the company and build on, upon that for the last 15 years. 
No, I love it because not only did you mention you always being curious, but also just being willing to raise your hand no matter when something comes up. You know, that's sure. just going to expose you to different things you've never been a part of. So, And so walk walk the listeners through kind of your day-to-day. What are your responsibilities now? You, you kind of have two roles, really. So what are those responsibilities? What's your day-to-day look like? Well, um, on one half of my job, I am the executive director of the Players' Championship, which is – you know, every March here at TPC Sawgrass uh, in Ponte Vedra Beach. So I spend half my time working with a team of about 16 people here full time that uh, produces the tournament. And so, you know, ultimately have oversight of outside the ropes operations and commercial, uh, everything from, you know, player experience to uh, hospitality sales, ticket sales, uh, marketing PR, Um it is hardly a, again, hardly a one-person job. Uh, this is the home of the league. There are 700 full-time employees that live here in Northeast Florida that work for the PGA Tour. Um, they are as much on that team as, as anybody, um, although um, have responsibilities the other 51 weeks a year. So we're in a fortunate position to be able to draft off all of that great talent, and part of my job is to figure out ways to make sure that we're taking best advantage of our, our, our talent and, and getting our entire company involved. The other half of my um, time I spend uh, leading up the commercial area for those six tournaments that I uh, mentioned earlier in terms of our division. So it's sales management in the, in the elevator version of this, <laughs> of this answer. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's also looking for efficiencies, effectiveness um, of, of um, you know, salespeople and demand creation and putting into, into um, practice um, you know, what are those things that are transferable across personalities that um, we know if you do these types of things in your own voice, um, you know, that you will be a successful revenue creator for, for, the, for your tournament and your company. And that's what I do the other half of my time. Nice. And so, Jared, you know, you talked about your day-to-day, and a lot of our listeners uh, have have either worked on a team side or looking to get on the team side where your your day might be a little bit different, you know, selling-wise, because you're selling actual seats, where now you're moving in the PGA Tour, there's not necessarily a seat, there are some suites, and you know, you're, you're selling tickets, corporate chalets, hospitality, so what are some of the similarities and differences in selling those products to being on the team side where you're selling an actual location or an actual game? I, here's what again. I, one of immediately jumps off the page to me is that we are in, in in a golf. We're in a live event space. We are a temporary event. Now the benefit is that we happen once per year in one market per year. So from a competitive perspective, there is there is none. And I don't mean that. That's not a cavalier answer. Yeah. No. Absolutely. The, the second week of March, the Players Championship is in Ponte Vedra Beach, Florida, at TPC Sawgrass. There is no other PGA Tour event anywhere, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So, um, and, and think about our 40-plus our events over the course of 52 weeks. So that's a unique advantage that, that the sport has just, again, from a system perspective. Downside is, is that it's temporary. So um, we, we only build what we sell. So if you think about it, okay, well, whatever tournament um, we start building, you know, I don't know, is anywhere from three, four, five months in advance. That means your tournament has to be sold. Your sales cycle is a lot shorter than maybe people realize. And so what I'd flip that into the team side is, well, um, have the ability to, hey, you didn't have a great experience, um, you, know, uh, you know, Marlins versus Pittsburgh game one. 
hey, I'd love to have you back tomorrow night or uh, this weekend's homestand and, and right. figure it out. And there, there's the there's the make. And again, that's not to be negative. It's just that there's there's this almost this feeling of perpetual inventory. Yep. And and that does not exist in a temporary event environment. So. I think for some of the listeners that are in the team side of the business and, and sales folks is that's also means that there is really never, never a downtime. It means you can always be creating new opportunities. And um, we, again, it, it's, it's not a, we got to work a little harder in that sense in that we have six games or six days to showcase our tournament to anybody that isn't already involved. Whereas in the, in the team side, there is, um, you know, a lot more opportunity. Yeah, to just consistent. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. And, and now you, you talked about fan experience a little bit. I know the PGA Tour puts a lot of emphasis on that. Fan experience is key, and I certainly know it's important to you to always over, you know, really overperform and overdeliver for every guest. And so why is that so important to you, and how do you and your team consistently try to improve the overall experience? Because to your point, you have one chance, and you, yeah. then you have a year later to, to bring it back. Well, in the um, the tour is an amazing job. We have great um, television partners in NBC, CBS, and the Golf Channel. Um, we have expanded digital partnerships or expanding digital partnerships. We have uh, official betting operator partnerships that are coming online. Um, you know, that's more of a you know a, a fan experience uh, remotely um, in certain states today in 2020, and that would likely expand in the sports betting arena. So I'm saying all this and it, like. We have to do that on site. From a competition perspective, sure, there's there's not another PGA Tour event in Jack in in, in Northeast Florida the second week of March, but because of um, you know our our technology advancements and our expanding and diversification of fans, there's a lot of other ways to to consume the Players Championship. So we've got to build something so great that is I've got to be out there. Again, we have the advantage of it's only once a year. But how do we bring in the community and do unique and, and different things that is, hey, I've got to be at that tournament. And that scales to, um, you know, even regionally and nationally. And I think it really shows when, when you come on site and, and really have an absolute, I mean, just it's, it's um, you know, we feel pretty strongly about how, how yeah, great yeah. the experience is. And it's, it's a lot of fun and amazing golf to be viewed. And you talk about taking experience and, and kind of over-delivering and taking experience one step further. What I always thought was, was really cool from the PGA Tour perspective that might be a little bit different than the team side is you guys can sell some really unique experiences. Like you can sell a package to play in a pro-am tournament where you may be able to play alongside the likes of a Dustin Johnson. So walk the listeners through not only that package, but some of the creativity and the autonomy that you and your team have to really go above and beyond for the experience. So I'll give you two examples. One at the Players Championship, we have a we developed a product called the Players Club, which is you know, courtside seats meets, you know, at the at Madison Square Garden meets, you know, the Royal Box at Wimbledon uh, meets Millionaire's Row at the Kentucky Derby. And it's it's based in the clubhouse. And we have this private suite on 17 that's exclusive for these individuals. And um, it's very limited. And so we bring and, and we have the ability to last year, for instance, on, you know, on Tuesday, um, you know, we, we flew in, um, you know, it was um, – you know, it was some exotic fish from, you know, South America. Um, <laughs> it's like, you know, sea bass li- yeah. literally overnighted from Chile. So, um, it, it, you know, we have the ability to do those from a food and beverage and from it, – it's not just a um, 
while we make a really great hamburger and it can be a lot of fun and we have those types of things, we can also dial it up a, a notch and be you know, really exquisite. Um, and then, um, you know, something like uh, you just mentioned our Pro-Am. So you think about the Northern Trust, which is our first playoff event. There's 125 individuals that have proven to that point in time to be, by way of their play, the 125 best golfers that year. And we sell an experience where um, you, know, you and, and three-year or three-year guests can play in a pro-am on Wednesday before they compete in the first round of their playoffs. So, you know, not like you can take, you know, jump in the layup line with the Lakers um, or, or someone similar. This is an opportunity to be on the court and, and actually play the sport that the athlete is going to play the next day. Yeah. And, um, you know, again, when you think about it that way, to me, that was always like, I can't believe, I mean, we, we, we do this. Like it's you can, unheard of, right? It's a, what? such like, an awesome experience. <laughs> yeah, it really is such an awesome experience. And one thing I'd add is that um, in that VIP uh, example of, of Players Club, I think where we have, again, some of those other unique experience opportunities is you know, we work very closely with um, as, 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 a proper, as a sport where we can go to some of our rules officials. So they're like our referees, as a, for instance. Yep. And we can do these Q&As in VVIP settings where they are explaining, okay, here's where all the pin placements are going to be tomorrow. Here are the course conditions. Here's why we're placing it here. Um, we have you know, great uh, broadcaster relationships where, you know, we have, um, uh, you, know, you know, any number of, uh, you know, broadcast talent that may be able to, you know, dip into a hospitality venue on their way to a, to a live broadcast and give those additional insights. So it's, it's a, it's a high end festival that, um, you know, that is, that is, um, you know, really very unique in its ability to, um, you know, kind of craft something customized every week. You know, you talked about innovation of that, innovation of the PGA Tour, being able to customize a lot of different packages, and we certainly talk a lot about that, being proactive, being innovative in this industry. So how have you and your team, you've already talked about some of the, the packages, but then when it comes to actually producing revenue and making money, how have you and your team continued to be proactive and innovative in, in still having a ton of success on the business side? Well, I think, um, you know, how we've gotten to know each other is one part of it, um, data. Um, how do you understand your customer, uh, predictive, um, you know, figure out you know, where, where are you – know, we, have, we have found that the sport works for, you know, these types of individuals. How do we go find more of them? Um, and just the, the, you know, the scientific – the science behind data and analytics is um, a big part of our of our business, and I think for the players' championship, I'll, don't let me forget about innovation on the product either. But on the uh, you know for the players, um, we, Jacksonville is a, about a 1.3 1.4 million person market, and that is very. This is where we live. This is where we work. Um, it is uh, from a community perspective. Uh, the tournament is able to deliver amazing impact to our uh, community from a charitable perspective, because of all that, and and we are very well supported locally. The way we are going to grow as a property is regionally and nationally. So um, where I'm going is those analytics are extremely important. If you only have so much time in the day for 10 appointments, how do you know the right people to call in Atlanta and Charlotte and Miami and Tampa and Orlando and Houston? Like those are real markets that we, you know, figure, you know, direct market, you know, excuse me, direct flight markets 
um, have a propensity to buy and support golf. Like we know that. And so we can be very efficient with our outreach. Yep. And then finally, I'd say, um, you know, just kind of on the, on the product evolution, um, you know, the, the players club example is something that um, I think is a, is a really good indication of that. It's now going into its fifth year at players. We did something similar in Atlanta with the 1904 club, uh, which is exclusive access to the clubhouse. It's the only way you can get in the clubhouse at, at East Lake. Uh, now on a waiting list there, we have the Liberty Club at Liberty National. Again, a hyper-exclusive uh, property with an amazing uh, clubhouse experience that is very exclusive for um, our Liberty Club buyers. So that type of um, product and experience we have found as, you know, not unlike um, you know, our colleagues in, in team sports that, you know, those um, VVIP type experiences are, are, are very much in, in vogue. And something I've certainly learned in this business, and, and a lot of people have talked about it, is people are willing to buy something, right? And a lot of times it is sure. that that unique experience that they can't – doesn't matter how much money they've ever had. They've never been able to do that. And so mm-hmm. as you think about those unique products, like people will spend money because it's such an awesome experience and something they'll remember for the rest of their lives. Sure, sure. And, you know, for any sport um, – you know, I think that it's it's easy to default to the athletes, right? And and you know, you know whether it's whether any of us that are listening have immediate access to a player. Um, sure, that I'm not saying that's easy, but you know, the, again, a- athletes are gonna are they're a celebrity, right? Um, you know, there's there's your alumni groups, your, there's your past champions, there's your um, you know, there's there's your other celebrity types that just, again, as personalities are concerned, that bringing those into people to create something unique and different, um, you know, maybe more, you know, maybe more appealing than some people give credit to. I mean, I know that we've had some past champions here that have been, you know, had, had our guests rolling with stories and approachability and, you know, even swing tips and, you know, this individual hasn't won a golf tournament, hasn't won a lot, but hasn't won one in a while and is still an amazing asset for, for, for the game. So I think there's transferable versions of that in all of our uh, respective sports. No, absolutely. And Jared, you mentioned, you know, it's, it's pretty much a a 52 week, you know, job 365. There's always something going on and being innovative, but you also find a lot of time to be a family man with your wife, your two sons. And I know you're very active in their life as you coach your sports teams. You're on the board for the Jacksonville Zoo, the Ponte Vedra Chamber of Commerce, St. Vincent's and Winston Family YMCA. So ultimately, how do you juggle that work-life balance as well as why is it important for you to immerse yourself in the community that you're living? I think for any of us that, um, you know, again, I think it's important that um, if we're going to represent a community property that we're involved in the community and we are very much at the players, we consider ourselves a public trust. We want to live, you know, right. We want to make sure that um, each year um, the, the area is, you know, is, is better off post tournament than it was before. <clears throat> and that's, um, you know, very much kind of goes to the core of, of who the Players' Championship is and why it was developed by Dean Beeman and, and Pete Dye, uh, you know, 40-plus years ago as this course was developed with a fan in mind and to bring this tournament to Ponte Vedra uh, to have the best players play the most democratic uh, form of golf, and it was designed very purposely. And, 
you know, again, I think just leaving this community better than the, um, than before the tournament is endemic to how um, all of our colleagues here at the tour at the players championship work. And, um, you know, again, I, I agree. I think it's important to have a, um, you know, have some stake in the community if, if you're going to represent a, a property. No, absolutely. Well, Jared, this has been great. Very cool to hear from someone that's not only worked on the team side we talked about, but now the league side and the PGA Tour. And so to close it out, I'd like to put our guests on the hustle hot seat. So you ready for this? I am. Hit me. All right. So if you were a wrestler, what would be your entrance theme song? Uh, I have a tiger. All right. Nice. I like it. Survivor. (laughs) Survivor. I like it. If you're a late night talk show host, who would be your first guest? Um, Malcolm Gladwell. Okay. Why? I, again, I read Freakonomics and can't get enough. I mean, I just, I find his, um, his content just very thought provoking. And, um, I just, uh, it's again, one of those, uh, yeah, one of those that really, yeah, really kind of sticks with me. So I, that's, that's who I'd pick. Nice. Well, it sounds like through this conversation, you know, pretty much every day is is a bucket list item for most people and you're living it. So what was the last thing you've completed on your bucket list? Oh, um, went to, traveled to Alaska. Nice. Yeah. How was it? Uh, it was great. We, we went on a, we went fishing when we were up there. So, uh, we got a, got a, uh, a trout and, um, halibut. So we, we had the full, uh, didn't see any bear, thankfully. <laughs> yeah. To. And then we we're at some point when we were pretty deep into these hikes, I was like, I don't know if I really want yes. to. You know what? Bear. This isn't that great of an idea. You know, no, that's going to turn this around. So, uh, yeah, that, that's, that, that would, that's my most, uh, most recent, I guess. That's awesome. So to close it out, Jared, what are three key takeaways you'd give every listener to be in your shoes one day? Um, you know, find something, and again, I think this sounds a little bit cliched, but, um, you know, find something that really um, you're very passionate about and be committed to it. And I think, you know, any one of us is, it's easy to be themselves when um, they find that passion point. Um, I would say, number two, work hard and, and conf- continue to refine your craft. And that comes with practice, um, whether that's, you know, kind of practicing an interview or a, um, or a pitch while you're mowing the lawn or, you know, yeah. doing something else, just, you know, commit to be um, always being better at your craft. And that's the only way you're going to get better. Right. Uh, and then, you know, try to be, you know, just a great listener. And I know I did a lot of talking on this, uh, on this podcast. So, so thank you for asking me those questions, but um you know, I, I think really embracing how to be a, a good listener um, is going to help any one of us, not only as professionals, but as, as people. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You know, having that passion for what you do every single day, work your tail off. And, you know, you have two ears and one mouth for a reason. You should do twice exactly. as much listening as you do talking. So, Jared, thank you so much. You've had a great career. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And I certainly appreciate your time and expertise. Thank you. Appreciate you having me on. This is great. Thanks again. This is Travis Apple. Thank you for listening to 52 Weeks of Hustle presented by Event Dynamic. Please be sure to follow the podcast and watch on YouTube. We're also on Twitter and Instagram, so follow us at 52 Weeks of Hustle. We'll be back next week with another industry leader. Have a great week. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. 
You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 